kindness in action. Um, so I'm really believing that's what we're going to focus on and it's going to help us to realize what does kindness in action look like and not just hear about it intellectually or hear about it as an idea, tangibly turn kindness into action. What does the kindness of God in action look like towards us and what does that kindness in us and through us look like towards our society? So I'm going to use a few references, biblical references. I'm going to start with Galatians chapter 5. Remember what kindness can do. The evidence of the Holy Spirit working in a believer's life, the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in a believer's life will be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. This is the antidote to sin. And when this was written to the church in Galatians or Galatians or in the region of Galatia, which is today right in the center of Turkey, uh, in the mid-regions of Turkey today, geographically, these people needed to know that they're not going to beat sin nature, addictions and habits by observing food laws, circumcision, and some kind of outward sign or religious identity marker. Paul was writing this letter to these guys and saying, the fruit and the evidence that Christ is in your life is joy, love, patience, kindness, goodness. In other words, what comes out of you is all depending on what's going into you. And it's the fruit of the Spirit in your life, through your life, that produces these things. So again, kindness is not just some human virtue. You can't download it from an app. Kindness app, wonderful. All of these things apply, uh, are, um, are available. What I'm trying to say to you is this. This is the, the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. So what could the Holy Spirit do in you and what could the Holy Spirit do through you? So kindness is a spiritual force. You could say that. It's not just a human virtue. It's a spiritual force. It's something that I believe it comes from God. So kindness has a definition. We read the New Testament. It's predominantly in Greek. Um, So a definition of kindness, just for the sake of bringing clarity here. Coming from a place of deep inner security. So in other words, kindness is going to be more real and more of a reality in your life when it's coming from a place of deep inner security. In other words, I'm not an insecure person. In other words, let me say it this way. Kindness doesn't tend to work itself through people who are insecure. To be kind, you've got to be vulnerable. And vulnerable doesn't mean weakness. It just means you've got to put yourself out there. So if you're going to put yourself out there, you've got to have a starting place that's secure. And that's the profoundness of kindness in the reference of the New Testament. So the Greek always gives you more strength than what the English word does usually. So it's coming from a place of deep inner security. Do you have deep inner security? (laughs) The ability to express practical kindness towards others. So this word kindness that we find in the New Testament actually has got a practical side to it. It's not just a throwaway word like we do today. I'll pray for you, hashtag prayer. Send the emoji, thumb up and little prayer hands. That's fine if you do it. I do it all the time. I, I actually do pray. If I say it, I'm going to do it most times. But what I'm trying to say to you is, is that 
the ability to express practical kindness towards others. That's what kindness is. It's, it's practical. It's tangible. It's going somewhere. It's not just a word. It's action. It's easy to say, I love you. Show me. And I really believe we need to understand that. If this theme this month is about kindness and action, it's not just about hearing it. It's about acting on it, doing it. What is it? What does kindness in action look like amongst us? What does kindness in action look like beyond us, towards others, when we do dinner parties in the park? Because we get together, Vision Rescue, A21, are gonna benefit financially. Why? Because they need money to do what they're doing to rescue people out of slavery, out of human trafficking. So when we get together in the parks of Berlin, we'll have a great time, but guess what? We have an opportunity to sow into those who are actually not in a good time right now. I really hope you understand, kindness is not just some flippant, casual Christian thing. It's profound in the way it can liberate and bring freedom. It means being generous to others. It means being helpful to others. It means being caring. Imagine what helpful, caring, generous people look like in Berlin. You're driving a bus. You press the button, the doors open. People get off. People get on, and just as you're about to press the button, you look in your mirror, and a family is running to catch the bus. Do I press the button and pretend I don't see them, or I just hesitate slightly? Press the button. Who said that? What I am trying to say to you is, it doesn't matter press the button or not press the button. It's a reality of living in a city like Berlin. Sometimes you'll smile and you'll see someone and the bus driver or the tram driver will just stay a little bit longer to let them in. And there's other times, no, they're not interested, boom, they're gone. Now don't worry, three minutes later, another bus is coming. <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you is, kindness is not just about pressing buttons or closing doors. Kindness is who you are. And it's got to be more than just, shall I, shall I not? It's deeper than that and it's bigger than that. But it's interesting because what can kindness in action look like in rebuilding the fabric and the moral fabrics of our Western civilization? I say Western because we've got the most in so many ways and yet sometimes we're the most unpleasant towards each other. And so what we've got to remember is when we talk about kindness in action, we've got to first have an understanding what kindness looks like, how powerful it is. What does it do to rebuild, to restore, to bring hope to generations in Jesus' name, amen? Because no one wants to live in, in a, a society of moral decay and the costs that it has upon all of us at every level. So let's understand the definition coming from a place of deep inner security. We as God's people should have absolutely a deep security in our hearts that we know who we belong to. And so our ability to have kindness in action from our lives is because it's coming from an anchor to our souls, amen? We know who we are. We know who we belong to. Our ability to be kind to others. So being generous to each other, being helpful to each other, caring for each other, cooking for each other, cleaning for each other, giving each other a lift up, helping each other to believe for better days. There's so many things we can do. And I really hope it's not just a message, it's a reality. The opposite to kindness in the New Testament is envy. Has anyone struggled with envy? Don't put your hand up. Just look straight ahead. 
Are you a person that struggles with jealousy and envy? Well, let me give you a definition of what it means. This is what it means. Resentful of others. When someone is envious, it's, there's a sense of resentment. I'm looking at someone and I, I, they've got more than what I've got. Or, or, or they're looking at someone and going, well, I want what they've got. And so this thing called discontentment actually is behind envy. So if you're an envious person, you're a discontent person. In other words, you've stopped looking at what you've got and you're now looking at what everyone's got, competing and comparing. Oh, and I have anxiety problems. Exactly. When you look at someone and they're further ahead than you, you can feel inferior. You look at someone and they're not where you are and you can feel superior. This is going on all the time. Oh, her life looks so amazing. Hashtag amazingness. <laughs> we do that. It's constant. But we very rarely take time to understand context. That photo was edited 17 times. There was three filters applied and two filters removed. Because we have the ability to do that. It's not wrong. It's just that at the end of the day, do we know what kindness in action looks like? And so envy is a destroyer of lives. It's not going to help you and it's not going to help anyone around you. But why are you resentful of others? Being discontented, unable to rejoice when others do well. Let's move on. There's a counterfeit to kindness. I think we've got to remember that whatever is true can have a counterfeit. Do you know the difference between a Rolex, a fake one, and a real one, apart from the spelling? I don't have one. I'll probably never have one. And I don't really care. I have four watches at home. None of them are over 100 euros. And trust me, I don't even like putting them on. I struggle to get a ring on my finger, and that's because my wife forces me on Sunday. <laughs> no, in a nice way, in a nice way. It's just, uh, 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 we'll talk later. I'm not a jewelry person, all right? I did pierce my ear at school once, but that one's gone. What I am trying to say to you is, <laughs> trying to say, is that there are counterfeits to truth. Do you know what truth looks like? Do you know what a lie looks like? A lot of lies are dressed up in some kind of truth. So you've got to understand the counterfeit to kindness. Let me give you some indicators what it looks like. Just for you to think about hidden motives in good deeds. Have you ever been on the other side of a good deed, but there was a hidden motive connected to it? Doing one thing, but wanting something else in return. Be careful. Be careful. Someone pays attention to you, says nice words to you, flatters you, flirts you, whatever you want to talk about. But what do they want? Do they care about you or just want, do they want something from you? Don't cheapen yourself when God has declared you expensive. Don't be so quick, quick to give away something that is sacred and holy. Don't devalue what God has actually said. This is incredibly value. And this is what we've got to work out. Counterflip. Just because we're needy and wanty doesn't mean we should just so easily be taken out. And so kindness is profound because it's not just a lightweight, oh, let's just be kind. It's deeper than that. It's bigger than that. And I believe kindness in action is what we're talking about. Hidden motives 
in good deeds. Let's not be sneaky with our motives. When we lay the table in dinner parties in the park, we're not putting little church cards there because we're trying to trick them to come to church. Oh, you just want me to go to your church. Well, of course I'd love you to come because it's a great bunch of people, but at the end of the day, that's not why we're doing it. We do it because we love you. We do it because you're a great person. We're doing it because we can, but you can walk away. There's no strings attached. You've got to remember, kindness doesn't attach strings. I'll be kind to you if... You know, you can't be kind to one person and then keep reminding them the next three years. You remember when I did that for you? Please give me a password for Netflix. <laughs> Let me give you another verse in the New Testament. Remembering the kindness comes from God. This is really important because we've got to remember it always comes from God first. Remember, remind the people to be respectful of appointed authorities, to be law-abiding, and to be ready to do whatever is good. To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, found it easy to hate and be hated. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of our good deeds that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a truth, trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good and kind. These things are excellent and beneficial for everyone. So again, New Testament exaltation to the believers. Hey, come on, God's been good to you. Now you could be good to others. Now let me turn it up a little bit more intense. If I'm not intense already, it's about to get more intense. In a good way. I'm going to give you one more story and then just break it into some practical observations that we can all look at how we can apply that to our lives. So remember the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm going to read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Now, Luke's Gospel is interesting because the author of it, as far as we're aware, is Luke. Got no reason to disbelieve it. There's plenty of evidences that point to Luke's the author. He's also the author of the book of Acts. So it's pretty amazing. Luke's Gospel is good in lots of ways for us in the 21st century because it gives us a glimpse of God working towards people who don't fit into the religious system. It includes women from start all through the middle and finishes with women. It's incredible the role of women in the life of Jesus and the life of Jesus towards women in society that oppressed them heavily. We still think we're oppressed today in so many ways in these areas, um, and it's true, and yet this was 2,000 years ago. So you could see Gospel of Luke in an ancient text, how game-changing it was. It was a social reformation type of literature. It was like, what? Who? How? Them? That's what's going on. They, in Luke's Gospel, children included, not just women, outsiders get in. Undesirables are accepted. Those who don't measure up to God are suddenly all used by God. That's hope for all of us. Amen? And so it's profound. If you get a chance to read the Gospel of Luke, you'll love it. 
but you need to understand what's going on. So Luke was not an eyewitness. He didn't live around with Jesus. He didn't hang out. He didn't see what Jesus did. But we know that Luke was a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. Paul wasn't an eyewitness to Jesus neither, and yet he's profound in shaping the New Testament letters. It's interesting because you need to understand that. What are they doing and why are they doing it? Who was their audience and why did they need to hear this? So one of the stories that we get in Luke's gospel that I, need, I think is important for us is the story of the Good Samaritan. Because for centuries, songwriters, scriptwriters, artists, historians, all of these type of people have tried. Societies, governments, nonprofit organizations have all borrowed from the Good Samaritan and tried to implement it towards society. So it's an inspirational story, but it's deeper than that. So I'm going to read it to you, and then we'll just pull some things. Is that okay? I know a lot of you have heard it, but I guarantee there'll be something different today that you haven't thought about, maybe. And let's have a look at it and just see what we can do with kindness in action through this. On one occasion, an expert in the law, religious law, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, the religious expert, he answered, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he pushed Jesus a little more. Who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on the other side. But a Samaritan... As he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he had compassion towards him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, poured in the oil and the wine. And then he lifted the man upon his own donkey, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarius and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think a neighbor was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one, it's almost like he didn't want to answer this, but it's like, I'm, I, I, I can't stay silent. <laughs> He's like, the one, the, the one that was merciful and helped him. And Jesus told him, now go up and do likewise. See, this story starts with an impossible and it actually finishes with an impossible. And I just want to let you know at the five o'clock service tonight and every five o'clock for this month in August, we're going to be taking time for prayer and worship to pray for people and to stand with people in, in their face, in helping them face their impossibles. Because I'm just, me and Joyce have been pastoring for three decades and it's not a long, for some people who've been doing it longer, but for a lot of people here, maybe that's a long time. And one thing that's coming out, standing out right now is, is, 
when you pastor, you get to hear all of the things that are going on in people's lives. And one thing that's standing out, there is a lot of people, too many, that are facing impossibles. Health impossibilities, visa impossibilities, financial impossibilities, uh, relationship impossibilities. There's so many impossibles right now. And we're going to take time tonight and for the rest of this month to believe God that we're going to see God turn up and help people overcome impossibilities. Amen? So back to the story. The first impossible we see here is when Jesus says, how do you read it? And he says, well, love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, first of all, this is the first impossible. Why? Because who has loved God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might, with all their strength, and loved their neighbor as they've loved themselves? No one. No one's ever done that. Only God himself can do that. That's why this question, the second question was, define who my neighbor is. It's like a smart aleck answer. It's like this guy is so smart, he doesn't even realize that he's an expert in the law looking at the perfection of law. You can be so into something that you can't see anything else. And so he says, well, how do you read it? And he says, well, love God, yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then we ask the question, so who's my neighbor? So his definition of neighbor is people just like me. Dress like me, talk like me, eat like me, walk like me. That's why in the story, the priests are the elites. They are the religious leaders of the day. They're highly esteemed. They're highly influential. And they have a privileged position in society. And if you're with them, life goes well. If you're against them, life is horrible. And the Levite is introduced to the story because you've got something else going on. They were trainee priests. They were just following the example of the leader priests. But you have a third character in the story which is really complicated, a Samaritan. The Jews despised them, hated them. They would never treat them as my neighbor. According to them, the neighbor was people like them. People that look like us, dress like us, eat like us, smell like us, walk like us, talk like us. If you're in this group, you're my neighbor. And Jesus is just about to smash this to pieces in a lovely way. And so he gets to the end of the story and he says, hey, let me tell you a story. I've got three characters and the one that comes into the story you believe is the enemy and he is the one that becomes the hero of the story, not the Jew. So he's already hot and bothered, (laughs) clammy hands and sweaty neck, whatever it is when you're all bothered. He's bothered. And so what happens is he says to him, so who's the one? And he has to answer the one that showed mercy, the guy that I despise, the one that I don't think is a neighbor is the one that was the neighbor. He doesn't like the answer. I wonder how many of us just don't like the answer when we actually hear the truth. Well, how do I improve my life? Jesus, I don't like the answer. Okay, do whatever you want to do. Yoga yourself up, that's fine. Your limbs will be good. Your hips will move. Your knees will be fine and your shoulders will be great. Have a great holiday. For God so loved the world that He sent yoga I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just trying to say God knows what we need. And I'm not anti-yoga, by the way, or 
what I'm trying to say is I believe in health and mobility and be as free as you can, amen? Don't seize up. You don't use it, you'll lose it. <laughs> it's true. But what I'm trying to say is he finishes with an impossible because he says, who brought the answer? And he said, the guy that showed kindness, this guy who was kind. He said, go do likewise. You want me to show kindness to my enemy? You want me to be kind to those who are not like me? You want me to be kind to those who are not in my club, in my universe, in my space, in my whatever I've created? Yeah, exactly. Impossible. Second impossible. I don't, know, I don't know how many times you've read this, but you've got to know what God's doing. He's always doing the same thing. He's helping us realize how lost we are and how firm we can be when we actually hold on to Him. He's the only one who's loved God with all His heart, with all His strength, with all His might. You and I have not done that. He's the only one who's loved His neighbor because He defines who the neighbor is. Anyone and everyone. We're subjective who our neighbor is, but God is not subjective with the, labor, uh, the language of neighborhood. He's like everyone and everyone is your neighbor. And this is important for us because he says, now do likewise. And I'll tell you now, it is really hard to like people who are not like you. Never mind like them, love them. And so this is something that deep strikes deeply into the human heart. The kindness in action we're talking about is not some kind of human virtue. It's not an app. It's not anything you can get in a university. It is something that comes from God Himself. Because He has treated us with kindness. So He starts with the impossible. He finishes with the impossible. He says, now go do likewise. In other words, you can't do this without me. And what does he do in this story? He says, listen, the one you thought was the hero wasn't the hero. And the one that you thought was the enemy and the despised and the wicked and not really godly was the hero. And what he's doing with this story is letting us know that this is exactly what God has done with us. For example, the man that was on the road, he gets beaten up and everything that he has is taken from him. He didn't deserve that. I just chose to go this road. Why would I be subject to violence and brutality and all of this hardship? Some people walk down certain roads and they should never be exposed to brutality, hardship or robbery or any every negativity. And yet he was. It's interesting because we get a picture in the story. God's telling it and this is what he says. The man was beaten up. Everything that he had was taken from him and he was removed his clothes. He was naked. Every painting you will see of the Good Samaritan never puts the person Above, always face downwards. In other words, you can't see if they're Jewish. One of the indicators of people being Jewish was circumcision. So you don't get any indicator whatsoever. All we know is he doesn't have any clothes. You can't define him culturally. He's beaten, he's bloodied, he's robbed, he's unconscious, which means he can't speak. You don't know what language he speaks. Is it Arab Arabic? Is it Irish? Is it Gaelic? Is it Indian? Hindi? Is it, is it, 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 I don't know all the languages we can come up with, but it's not your dialect and it's not my language. It's speechless, without words. In other words, the man who got involved 
was not getting involved because, oh, hey, he's my brother, he's my bro, hey, I, 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 you know, like, we're, we're, we're like in the same club. It would be understandable to say, hey, you're one of me, I'm one of you. Like, you're going to help each other if you know each other. I, it's easy to think that, but that's what's going on here. He stops even not knowing anything about this guy's details. Kindness in action actually is powerful. We don't know what language he speaks, so the guy doesn't stop based on language. How many of us build our kindness only on language? It's nice to hear a familiar voice. It's nice to hear your language, your mother tongue. But at the end of the day, what's going on here is we've got no language, we've got no identity markers, we've got no cultural reference points at all, except a needy, broken, bloodied person. He's got nothing to give back. He stops, he pours in the oil and the wine, he risks his own life, the robbers could be around the corner. He lifts him, he carries him, he puts him in a safe place and he says to the innkeeper, if there's any other costs, I'll come back and I'll settle it all. It's exactly what Jesus has done with us. He came looking for us when we were bloodied, broken, beaten up, speechless, God got involved in our lives and he didn't choose to get involved in our lives based on any cultural markers. He came after us because we were all needy, we were all wanty, we were all lost and we were all in our own pain and suffering in some kind of way. And he comes into our lives and he pours in the oil and the wine, he lifts us, he carries us, he puts us in a safe place. You tell me who's going to do that for you. And then he says, this is the bill, I'll pay it. And if there's any extra costs, I'll pay it when I come back. It's exactly what God has done with humanity. And that's why this is important. You want to bring kindness to the marketplace? You want to bring kindness to the community? You want to bring kindness to the trams and the buses and the public systems of our world? You want to bring kindness back to every fabric of our society? You imagine raising your kids without kindness. Let me tell you, kindness can't work without love. It's the love of God that brought kindness towards us. Let me tell you what kindness also needs is wisdom. Kindness is not stupid. Kindness is not reckless. There's a lot of wisdom connected to God's kindness. So when we are bringing kindness in action towards humanity, it's full of wisdom and it's full of love. So let me just dig some things out of here in the time we've got. And these are just seven things about kindness in action. Are you ready for it? Number one. Are you ready for it? Number one. Seven. Yes, I've got two minutes to do it. Kindness is willing to take risks. Aren't you willing that God was willing to take a risk with you? Risky business. You and I are a risk. There's no guarantees we're going to go good for God, amen. He might have let us in, but are we going to stay in? Are we going to stay on? Are we going to stay with it? Welcome home. Stay home. <laughs> so there's no doubt that this Samaritan, he took a risk by getting involved. 
The second point is kindness is willing to get involved. Are you willing to get involved? Are you willing to get involved in the moral decay of our broken world? Are you willing to lift? Are you willing to find new solutions in education? Are you willing to find new innovative ways to bring back strength into a broken world? Are you willing to lift children that are being separated from their parents and have no idea how it's going to raise them? Are you willing to fix any system in our current society when it comes to the well-being of people? We've got healthcare, but it can be also depersonalized so much you feel like a machine. Next, next. Hi, my name's Mark. Do you care about me? Next. If you have your health card, you're in. But if you don't have a health card or if you don't even pull that out or really know what's going on, I'm telling you, I just went to get my shoulder fixed and I still haven't got my shoulder fixed after four months and now I've got to get an MRI scan. I've got to go now a list of all the radiography people that do scans and now I've got to call. Next! Thank God for the health we have in this country, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a real person. All I'm trying to say is kindness in action is I want to bring solutions to the current problems. Mechanizing it or machinerizing it or automation it or trying to produce new trees just for commercial purposes is not solving problems. It's feeding the greed machine. I'm talking about planting trees. I'm not suddenly just switching off subject. It's all connected because kindness in action is without limits, the same way creativity is. You cannot be an innovator without being creative. To solve problems, you need creativity. Electrical engineers have to be creative to solve problems. Robert, mechanical, electrical, I don't know, but Priscilla's an electrical engineer. You need creativity to solve problems. What I am trying to say to you is, kindness is willing to get involved. Are you willing to get involved in a dinner party? Are you willing to involve, get in a community group? Are you willing to get involved in the brokenness of our world and the messiness of our world, amen? Thank God that God was willing to get involved in our lives. Number three, kindness is willing to use their personal resources to help lift people to a better place. He used his own resources. Oil and wine. What does this speak of? He had something, therefore he could give something. If you're going to make money, make money to help people. It's not about giving all your money away to the church or giving all your money away to the poor. It's not about that. It's create something sustainable. Social enterprises is not just solving solutions socially. It's also financially securing a better future. Make money so you can use money the right way. Don't stockpile things to manipulate prices so you stockpiling and you go through the roof. The bulk of the world's wealth is in a handful of people, a few percentage. It's not sustainable in our current course right now, people. And history records this time and time again. It is heading for a disaster if we don't reverse the curse. Bring back purpose and meaning. Godliness in this area will bring strength back into all areas. But the problem is... Too much poverty mindset in God's people. Stingy Christians. Oh, I know you don't want me to talk like that. (laughs) You can't talk about helping the world and then be stingy in one blessed because God did not make you stingy. He created generosity in you. But are you willing to use your personal resources to help lift the lives of other people? Number four, kindness is not limited by cultural barriers. You know, the truth is, is, is... 
is we've got to understand culture's real. It's everywhere. It's not even really an enemy unless we make it bigger than God. It's just at the end of the day is you've got to understand God knows how to step over these. He's not limited by culture. The gospel will work in any culture, any language, any part of the world because it's God. Man's systems don't work everywhere. Only God's system can work everywhere because it's not a system, it's a person. Number five, kindness makes love tangible. You know, you can't just be kind to someone and not let love get all over that moment. It's because you're loved that I'm showing kindness. And because I'm loved, I'm showing kindness. So love is in there. Are going to be love? Are we going to be kind to each other? Well, that means because we love each other. But we're so perverted with our love today, we can't talk about it thinking, oh, well, she want to go out with me? She want to get married? Are we going to get married? Like, what? Oh, you want sex? What do you want? Like, uh, I'm confused, yeah, because we've messed with this love thing so much that it means nothing. It's just a transaction. No, love's bigger than that. It's better than that. God didn't just love us. He lifted us. He surrounded us. He poured in the oil and the wine. Do you know what fake love is? And do you know what real love is? Well, I'm so lonely. I'm just going to search and scroll through the dating apps. Nothing wrong with that. They're just people with needs and wants trying to find better days. But at the end of the day, are you really solving anything? I'm not saying it's wrong because it's a conscience thing. But at the end of the day, where's it coming from? What's your motivations behind it? Kindness makes love tangible. That guy, when he woke up at the inn, after all of his troubles, he would have felt loved. Wow, someone stopped for me? Wow, someone took a risk for me? Wow, someone put oil and wine on my wounds? Wow, someone gave me some new clothes? Wow. Just a few weeks ago, a young man was clubbing all night in a club just around the corner. Unfortunately, he lost control. That's usually what happens when you do drugs or you drink too much, excessive. And you end up out of control. Well, he gets robbed. They take all his clothes. They just leave him with his undies and his phone. He walks in here because he hears the noise. The team are here at 8 o'clock in the morning and the coffee's brewing and there's a smell and there's an atmosphere. And so he thinks, oh, I'll go in there. They, and, and he comes in and obviously what would be your reaction when someone comes in in their undies? <laughs> I don't think he walked in like that. But what I'm trying to say is it would be slightly unusual. Well, maybe it's not for Berlin. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say, it's not really the everyday situation. But what I love about the team is one ran to get a T-shirt, welcome home. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and they got him a drink, got him some food and tried to help him get his, and he even got his phone charged. And I love it. No judgment, no anything, just, hey, how can we help? I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying every day we have a chance to bring kindness into action. The last two, I'll go quickly. Number six, kindness solves problems. You've got to understand the ability to solve problems is the high calling on our lives right now. There's so many problems. Can you solve them? Number seven, the last one is kindness connects people to people. Thank God he took him to an inn where he could be in a safe place. Can you connect people to people? You might not be the one that they need, but can you connect them to the people that they need? You don't have to be everything. You just have to say, hey, 
I've got a great community. I've got a great resource. I've got lots of relationships. Often the miracle that we need is found in our relationships. I can connect you to someone. I can point you in the right direction. Young lady who needed surgery desperately for her life was in the Ukraine. And the surgeon who was going to do it couldn't do it because war broke out in the Ukraine. And so found herself on the run, leaving, and found herself in Germany. Through connections, through people knowing people, she was able to find a surgeon in the north of Deutschland, near Hamburg, somewhere like that. And he was the best, the number one, the best in this particular surgery for this particular person. And this person said yes to giving her the surgery she needed. And guess what? The surgeon that trained the surgeon in the Ukraine that was scheduled to do the operation was the one that trained this one. So she was going to the guy in the Ukraine and she ended up with the guy who trained the guy in the Ukraine because people are connected to people. And a very delicate surgery saved her life. And I remember Joyce and I and with some of the people we were there with the other Ukrainian mothers and children and we watched her get out of the car and she limped, she limped and she limped and her son ran out of the building and hugged her. And I'm telling you, their moments never leave you. Kindness connects people to people. So you're not the hero. You're not the everything. But put us together. And that's why we're building a church. I'm not here to make you a religious freak. I'm not here to make you an annoying person or some strange weirdo that does funny things. Christianity doesn't make you weird. It makes you useful. When you get right with Jesus, you've got a much stronger chance of getting right with people. It's when I met Jesus that I got right with my father because I had to learn to honor my father. That's my story. What's your story? But let's not turn Jesus into some kind of weird folklore, some kind of like strange, abstract, kind of not intelligent. No, no. I'm not talking about being stupid with your faith, but bring kindness back into any place you possibly can, but let your own life receive kindness first. Before you give it, get it. Because when you've got it, it's much better to give it. Try to give it without God, you'll wear yourself out. And so I really trust today that something in this message has stirred you, challenged you, got you to think, maybe to rethink, but I pray that you won't ignore it. You can if you want to. That's your freedom. It's your choice. Absolutely. But my prayer is well, we the kind of church that we have real people, real stories, real situations, real circumstances, but we're not scared to say there's a real Jesus. Amen. And my prayer is that the kindness of Jesus will transform your life. The kindness of Jesus will surround you, lift you, heal you, restore you. He'll take the brokenness of the past and He'll point you not to worse days, but to better days.